It's so good to see you this morning. It, it really is. It's good to look out and see all of your faces this morning. I, I really gave some thought this last week as to whether or not it was necessary for me to do all of the work of writing a sermon for this Sunday following the apocalypse. If you were paying attention at all this last week, you heard that after Friday of this last week, none of us were supposed to be here, right? The Mayan apocalypse, they called it. A number of people went back and discovered in some ancient Mayan text writings the prediction that this world would end on Friday. Of course, the Mayans never said this, but that's the words that they put into their mouth. And they called it the Mayan apocalypse of 1221-2012. Thankfully, like so many other predicted apocalypses before now, it didn't happen. And you and I are still here. So, it's a good thing I have a sermon. I do love that word that we use, though. Apocalypse. The Mayan apocalypse. Do you know that word? Have you ever heard that word apocalypse before? What do you think of when you think of apocalypse? Yes, destruction, absolutely. We think of the end of the world, don't we? Fire and earthquakes and volcanoes and meteors. The time when the doors close and the lights are turned off on planet Earth. It's closing time, but you can't stay here. Doom and gloom and destruction and death. The apocalypse. It's actually one of my favorite words in the New Testament, that word apocalypse. Right? What book of the Bible might you associate apocalypse with? Yeah, all of you, right? Revelation. That's actually one translation of the word apocalypse. Revelation. But that Greek word apocalypse occurs almost 20 times in our New Testament. Almost 20 times in our New Testament and only once in that book that we call Revelation. Only once in that last book of the Bible. This word apocalypse occurs again and again in our Bible, but it doesn't carry with it any of that sense that you and I first think of. The end of the world, destruction and doom and gloom. Revelation works as a translation, I suppose. If we think about what the word really means, not the end, but rather a revealing of something. Making something known. That's what the word apocalypse is really about. Making something known. Unveiling one thing which once was hidden from us. Or perhaps, best way to say it at this time of year, an apocalypse is what happens when we unwrap something. An apocalypse is an unwrapping of some truth or insight or fact about the way that this world is. I was 18 years old and we were doing Christmas in much the same way that we always did. There was lots of worship and lots of time at church and lots of Christmas parties. That's part of the life of a pastor this time of year is hopping from Christmas party to Christmas party to Christmas party. So we started the season off with the choir Christmas party, which was at the associate's pastor's house. 
And we'll come back to that. But it was at the associate pastor's house. It was a great party. And we had a fun time with all the choir members and their family. And all the staff of the church and their families. And from there through December, we did all the other Christmas parties and celebrations. We went to special Advent worship services. The congregational party. The council party. And so many other events hosted by friends and members of the church. And Christmas Eve rolled around, December 24th. And the pastor's family did what we always did on Christmas Eve, our routine for the night, our ritual for the night. Dad drove to church first in his car, arriving early in the afternoon to get himself ready for church. And next, because I was often helping him with worship services at that point in my life, Next, I would go down to church, and so I got into my 72 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme and put the key in the ignition and hoped it turned over that day and drove myself down to church. And last came Mom in her own car to rehearse with the choir before evening worship. Three Hansons at church in our three cars. And we would go through the night. There was an early service. Between the two services, we would have a light dinner with other people who were stranded at church for Christmas Eve. Then we would have our late midnight service. Then we went home. And we went home in reverse order. Mom went first in her car, and then I followed her in my beat-up old car, which had been driven, in fact, by both of my brothers as their first cars as well. Then lastly, Dad arriving home late after everyone else. And off we went to bed. The next morning we got up and we opened presents, tearing through the paper, discovering what lay underneath. And at the end there was one small present left under the tree with my name on it. I took the box and I tore the paper off. And I opened the box and there in the box was a car key. My eyes got big. My smile got big, and I turned and I looked at my parents. And they said to me, go look in the driveway. And I went out, and there in the driveway was a new-to-me car for me to drive off to college the following year. See, my parents had purchased that gift for me in November and they kept it at the associate pastor's house. The same associate pastor's house that had hosted the choir Christmas party and everyone in the choir and their families knew about it. And dad had driven it to worship on Christmas Eve. And the dad had driven it home after everyone else was nestled away for the night. Mom and dad had hidden it from me for all that time in order to be able to reveal it to me. On Christmas morning, my own little apocalypse. Isn't that our favorite part of Christmas Day? The gift unwrapping? Right? It's the opportunity that we have to be surprised by the people we love, to open gifts, to unwrap gifts, and see what our loved ones have given to us, to see the ways that they have expressed their love through gifts. Not that that's the only way to express love, but that's the reason that we give and receive gifts on Christmas. Every Christmas morning is a little apocalypse. Every Christmas morning is an unveiling and unwrapping. 
Today is also one of those apocalypses. One of those revelations that we get in Scripture, and it is not about the end of the world, and it is not about doom and destruction, and it doesn't belong to John in the book of Revelation. Today's apocalypse belongs to Mary. Little, lowly Mary. It is Mary's apocalypse. Mary who plays the lead role in these opening acts of the Christmas story. The Christmas story that begins not in a manger in Bethlehem, but way back in Luke 1. As the angel announces to Zechariah and Elizabeth that they will have a child. And then the angel comes and announces to Mary that she will have a child. And Mary, hearing that she will have a child, runs off to the hill country. There in the hill country she goes and she visits with her cousin Elizabeth. And she shows up in Elizabeth's house and this amazing thing happens. Mary just breaks out into song. Now, I don't know how often that happens to you, but I have yet to just break out into a musical number in the middle of my life. But Mary does. She breaks out into song and we get this song that we call the Magnificat, which we have been singing throughout Advent. Listen again. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is his name. God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This, this is Mary's apocalypse. This song that we call the Magnificat, wherein Mary reveals what God is really doing in the world. Where Mary unwraps the meaning of this event that you and I call Christmas. It reminds me, this Magnificat, of my favorite Christmas tree. Maybe you've seen these. The upside down Christmas tree where the pointy part is at the bottom and the wide end is at the top. I love it. Because that's what the Magnificat is all about. Mary's apocalypse is all about how God is turning this world upside down. How God is taking the way we look at the world and setting it on its head. Like an upside down Christmas tree. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Now, this doesn't quite sound like the world as I know it, right? You and I, well, I I know a world where, quite frankly, many people who don't deserve it get very good things, where rotten people are richly rewarded. I know a world where people who don't deserve it suffer greatly. I know a world where people who are wealthy get wealthier while good people who work hard continue to struggle. I know a world where lots of people grieving in the midst of our season of joy. 
I know a world where the sad often get weighed down with even more sadness. But Mary, little Mary, Mary begins to reveal for us, Mary begins to unveil for us, to unwrap for us a world that looks very different. Mary's good news is that things are going to change. Things are going to change. This is the good news that we are waiting for this Advent. Things are going to change. Just the last couple of days, I read a news story about Newtown, Connecticut. Newtown, Connecticut, where just last week we had this horrible tragedy take place. This town that weeks before Christmas was faced with terrible grief. And this article talks about the response that has unveiled in the last week and a half in Newtown. It looks like this. In the official relief fund, in a week and a half, there is now $2.8 million. Just in the official relief fund. $2.8 million. The town courthouse in the town of Newtown has been turned into a toy store. They have received so many gifts, so many toys for the children of that town that they have taken a floor of their courthouse and lined it with toys and said to the children of the town, come and pick out a toy. Pick out a present for yourself. They're turning away gifts. They're saying, we don't have room for your donations anymore. Can you imagine? We don't have room for it. We we can't spend the money fast enough. Turning the world upside down. Just last week, this was a, a town of grief and sadness, and still there is much grief and sadness. And yet, here in the midst of that grief and sadness, they are finding joy and generosity and love and kindness. Turning the world upside down, little by little, bit by bit, turning the world upside down. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. But moment by moment, person by person, one person at a time, one act of love at a time, little by little, turning the world upside down. A visit with a friend who needs a smile, a grudge forgiven, a personal anger forgotten. An unexpected and much-needed act of generosity, little by little, turning the world upside down. This, this is Mary's apocalypse. And the thing is, the thing is, all of those commentators and news stories and right nut jobs who predicted it, they were right. They were right. Mary's apocalypse did happen on December 21st, 2012, but it also happened on December 22nd, 2012, and it will also happen on December 23rd, 2012. Over and over and over again, the miracle of Mary's apocalypse happens as God's people do the work that God has called us to do. Little by little, turning the world upside down. The world is being. The world will be turned upside down. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Unwrap Mary's gift this Christmas.
Share in Mary's apocalypse. Whatever your heartbreak, whatever your hurt, whatever your struggle, God can and God will turn it upside down. And whatever the heartbreak, whatever the struggle of the world, God will turn it upside down too. Using you. Using me. Starting here. God is turning this world upside down and he is starting right here with you and me. God is turning this world upside down one life, one person at a time. God is turning this world upside down and he is using us to do it. He is using you to help those in need. Using you to fill the hungry with good things. Using you to heal the brokenhearted. Mary's apocalypse. The unwrapping of the gift of Christmas that God is turning this world upside down and he is beginning right here at Prairie Hill.